Leadership Show with Andy Peck. You are listening to The Leadership Show, a show that aims to help you influence others for God's purposes. I'm Andy Peck, your host, and each week it's my joy to bring you conversations with leaders and experts on leadership themes. Leadership doesn't always require a specific role, of course, but this week I'm joined by someone who has a role in leading a charity with great plans to see more people reached and affected for God. He is Joe Lowther, and regular listeners will recognize him as someone who has been my guest before, but I've invited him back to share some of the great plans for the expansion of his charity's work, and also talk a little bit about the process whereby leaders uh, create vision for the future. The charity is known as Kick formerly Kick London, but the name change connects with a new, bold and expansive vision. Joe is the CEO, and it's my great joy to have him on the show this week. So welcome back to The Leadership Show, Joe. Thank you. The name Kick London uh, came from your roots in sport and specifically football ministry in schools in the London area. So maybe you could take us, take us back to those early days. No, I'd love to. I I am... Um... Yeah, Kick was founded uh, 18 years ago by local people from a local church in Richmond, Holy Trinity Richmond, and uh, a sort of pioneering uh, sort of uh, uh, sort of 20-something uh, coach that wanted to do sports ministry. We had some great relationship uh, with a, a guy called Barry Mason, uh, who uh, worked for you for Christ and wanted to sort of encourage and, and breathe life into um, sports ministry. And we had this great, this great vicar, uh, Trevor Patterson, who who's tragically passed away a few years ago, uh, who who had three sons, and uh, you know he really wanted them to engage with church as well as uh, other families, and he could see that the church were hemorrhaging children and young people to sport on a Sunday, uh, and so they 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 founded uh, Kick as an organisation that could provide sport at a time that was complementary to when church happened on a Sunday. So instead of in competition, it was complementary to when it when it took place, and um, and so he actually moved his whole church service back by half an hour. He said, "Guys, we're coming in half an hour early for the sake of our young people," and and so at, uh, they do a 10, uh, 10 a.m. to, to eleven thirty uh, Sunday morning Sunday school, and at eleven thirty, all the kids would go out to a kick academy to do some coaching with an inspirational thought from the Bible, and then matches. And so um, that's how it kind of initially started. And then they started going into schools and doing some football things. Uh, but over time, it's absolutely involved, evolved to incorporate over 32 different sport and dance disciplines. So uh, as well as solutions focused mentoring and chaplaincy in schools. Um, and, uh, and so we're very, very excited by all of that. But uh, no, it's been an exciting journey those 18 years. And we have a lot to be grateful to our founding coach who remains with us, Tom Rutter. Fabulous. And, and you joined the uh, charity when, Joe? I joined the charity uh, six years ago in uh, November 2014. And um, and it's been yeah a real privilege to be a part of the work uh, during that time. And we've seen the organisation grow from seven staff to 62 and from 17 schools to just under 70 and uh, to currently be reaching 12,500 children a week uh, in our schools but also through our church-based Kick Academies, of which we have about 25 of those. So, yeah, it's it's been amazing. What a journey. Yeah, I think I think one of the things that helped was in pitching our work to head teachers. Head teachers are, you know, a funny brand of, <laughs> brand of people. 
you know, I put myself in that 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 zone as well. I, you just as a hen, you get tons of emails a day, and you're in wall to wall appointments with staff and pupils and and parents, etc. And so you're always really busy. So you get all these emails trying to sell you all this stuff. You don't trust. You know, we're not salespeople, head teachers. And, but but where you get a warm introduction from somebody you trust, you always then follow up the meeting. And so what my approach was in coming to the, the role was to link with local churches and, and, and encourage them, if they thought our work was any good, to introduce us to their local schools. And so what was powerful about that is that when I was introduced by somebody that the, the school was vaguely in contact with, um, what was great about it was that uh, as a former head teacher to head teacher, we, there was an natural affinity. There's a lot less distrust as there might have been if I'd just come in as a salesperson. And, um, and so that really helped me in, uh, in pitching our work and positioning our work from an educational perspective, not just from a perspective of, you know, a for-profit kind of perspective. We, we're a not-for-profit organisation. We provide professional services to schools, but we try to reimagine what coaching could look like from a school's perspective to enable it to be what we call ACE2. And our principles around ACE2 are that we are a values-driven organization. So we want uh, to provide aspirational coaches that believe in young people's futures, uh, even if they don't. The C of ACE2 is compassionate mentors that really care about young people. The E of ACE2 is to provide an excellent education, not just coaching, but for our coaches to understand the principles of differentiation, assessment for learning, behavior for learning. To the, the I, the first I of ACE2 is about intentional relationships. So during COVID, when all the schools were shut, 95% of our schools continued to work with us because we built strong relationships with each of them. Our coaches were embedded inside the schools. And then the final I of ACE2 is about integral interactions. And so again, we want close relationships where our schools can be honest and have that, uh, you know, th those kind of uh, conversations with us so we can be constantly improving our work uh, to, to make a difference. That sounds, sounds terrific. Um, so you, you'd expanded to how many schools in London at that point? So we've, yeah, so we, 30 when something? we first joined, we were in 17, and now yeah. we're in just under 70. 17, uh, okay. Um, so, yeah. so um, but obviously that's, uh, in a sense, a drop in the ocean <laughs> of London. Yes. Um, yes. And yet you've um, you've decided to expand things. So perhaps you could outline what your hope is, and then we'll we'll circle back and talk about how you got to that point of of, of such an exciting vision. Yeah, definitely. So we reach one percent of the children, and young people in London. Right. We want to reach more, uh, but beyond that, we have been challenged with a vision uh, that our board are completely bought into which is to reach a generation of young people within a generation of time. And so this bold vision is to go to the 15 regions of the UK within the next 15 years uh, to transform young people's lives with God's love through sport and support. Because we sense, you know, that there is a sense of hopelessness around children and young people. And this has been exacerbated tragically by COVID. Uh, I don't know if you saw the uh, the Children's Commissioner's report uh, on Monday that 84, sorry, 840 million days of education were lost in the two lockdowns. That's the equivalent of 19 weeks 
of lost education for children and young people during this time. And so this sense of hopelessness won't have improved, uh, but will have become more challenging. And so for us, we want to go to a generation of young people in a generation of time and give them a hope for the future and a joy in the present. Well, that's that's a very uh, expansive vision from what you had, as you said. Um, very exciting. Um, but I suppose uh, from a leadership angle, it's it would just useful to dig down a little bit and say, say okay, so because there'll be obviously many listening who are doing what they're doing, leading what they're leading, and and perhaps coping well, seeing a bit of growth or, or not, whether in a local church or a business or a charity group. So what what go, at what point? Um, do you get to the point where I'm dissatisfied with this, I want to expand? You talked about the board coming yeah. up with this. So was there an individual there who had a particular big vision or had you been discussing or praying? or What was the mechanism? I'm just interested yeah. to, to know. Oh, no, absolutely. It's a great question. So we had a five-year vision, uh, five-year, sorry, strategy, hmm. uh, which, was to, which was to grow uh, the organisation. So it had five strategic aims to grow, to have the funding to do so, to uh, put church partnerships at the heart of what we were doing, to improve the quality of our services to schools, and fifthly, to keep our Christian ethos central. So those were our five aims of our first five-year vision. And as we got into the fourth year of that, of that, of that sort of strategy, if you like, I must keep saying strategy, um, we then um, started to pray about what the following five years would look like. And so that's where we really prayed into the vision of what we were doing. And that's where we got this, uh, this kind of vision, which was really owned by, by the trustees. We have a fantastic dynamic chair, uh, a guy called Matt King, who uh, inspires all of us in so many different ways. And he had this uh, picture of going out to uh, set fire, light fires all across the country uh, that would burn brightly and not just in one location, but, but across the country. And so we, we really wrestled with this as to as to how best to do this, um, because it requires substantive change management. And so our, our process around this was to, that I took a master's in largely in change management in charities, and um, and I wrote my dissertation on how Kit could move national. And there are so many different ways to have gone about that, but the one that we landed on was a, a branch model. To, to, to kind of take kick uh, and uh, into these new in, into cities and to see the work spread from the cities in the, into the surrounding areas and to go at this uh, in these 15 new regions a region at a time um, right across the country and so that the, the strategic approach uh, was definitely something we really wrestled with it and iron sharpened iron uh, during that year. It was a tough year, but it was a good year because we came out with an excellent uh, approach to doing this. And, um, and, and, and again, I'm, I'm so grateful to our board because they, uh, you know, are forward thinking. They're not guys that hold you back. They're guys that drive you and push you forward. And so again, it was good to land that, um, that vision uh, together uh, and, and, and to write that strategy together. And, and so where we are now is we're looking to grow from uh, one region in London uh, to continue to go deeper in that region, but to go to five new regions within the next three years in the East Midlands, West Midlands, East of England this coming September. And then the following September, 
to go to the northwest and northeast of England. And the reason for that um, is that we believe our model is three things. It's scalable. There is schools and churches in every community across the country. 29,000 schools, 40,000 churches. Secondly, it's sustainable. Uh, our model in London is completely self-sustaining uh, because we provide professional services to schools that they purchase those services and then we make it free to uh, local churches to run extended, we train volunteers to run extended work at the weekend through the Kick Academies. And then the third S is that it's successful, it's making a difference, it's transforming lives. We just hear stories left, right and centre of the brilliant work that our coaches are doing. Coupled with that, you'd think, why on earth are you going national at a time like this? It's a disaster zone. It's, you know, it's literally a global pandemic. But for me, there are three key reasons for us to go national right now, and those are leadership reasons. First of all, the entire country has become Zoom literate overnight. Uh, churches and schools are often slow-moving organisations, not really early adapters to digital technology, have all suddenly become Zoom literate. It's been great. So that enables us to have conversations all across the country. Um, the, the second reason is that the need has dramatically increased. You know, lockdown has brought much greater hardship than we've ever seen before. Uh, you know, it's brought uh, child abuse cases have increased by a third. Domestic violence is up. Eating disorders have increased four times. Um, as I talked about earlier, this all of this lost education uh, will create a greater divide between rich and poor. There are you know, 95% of children weren't going to church before lockdown. Even fewer have been engaging with church since then. It's just, it's been very difficult for children and young people to engage with church digitally. Um, so for us, there's a need that's just got bigger and we've got to act. And then thirdly, it's the fact that we've been preserved. How have we, as an organisation that provide professional services to schools that have been closed for the best part of a year, continue to operate? I just think it's a miracle. God has preserved our organization for a purpose. I, I, I talk to very few schools work organizations that have continued to work in schools whilst they've been officially closed. And we've been able to do that by repositioning to deliver key worker education to enable doctors and nurses to go into hospitals and save lives, remote-based mentoring and also remote-based chaplaincy. But now the schools are opening up again, we really see, sense that need to go uh, to go across the country and make a difference. And so those are some of the facets really as to what's driven us from a leadership perspective. Well, thank you, Joe, for, for articulating that so clearly. Um, and it would seem that one of the key dimensions of what you described is that there is a, um, you have a confidence that what you've done thus far can be reproducible. So you're not, yeah. in a sense, it's not blue sky thinking because you've already got some if you like some skyscrapers in the sky, forgive the metaphor, but you know, you, you've already yeah. built some, you've already built some things. Uh, and therefore you're thinking, well, uh, and I'm not saying it takes any less faith. I'm just saying you, you have a confidence that, that these other five regions can benefit in the way London has. That's, that's right. Um, our our organisation has quintupled in size in the last five years. So that gives us that confidence that what we're providing to schools is dynamic um, and they want to purchase it. Uh, we've gone from six boroughs to 28 boroughs in London. Uh, and the reason for all of that movement is that we're, we're providing something they, they don't have. They don't have access to it in, elsewhere. Uh, and, but equally, we're encouraged to go to new locations because 
if they haven't got it in London, they don't often have it in other parts of the country either. And so again, we feel what we've got to offer will make a difference uh, to, to the quality of education for one in community schools, as well as in faith-based schools. And in, we work in infant, primary, secondary, PRU, special and private schools. And so again, we, we feel we've got something that's cutting edge. Um, but equally, it's our missional desire to welcome children and young people back to church where they'd like to come. And so by enabling church volunteers to be trained in how to run kick academies at the weekend, we really feel we've got an, an opportunity here to um, reconnect communities and bring closer cohesion between schools and churches uh, to welcome children and young people uh, to, to make an informed decision about who God is. And I guess one of the, the challenges for any organization that's expanding is to keep the uh, I, I don't like the word brand but you'll know what I mean the brand pure so that you as you proliferate the number of people engaging in something you want them to share the values that you have in order to make sure that um, it doesn't become diluted the further they get in, in in you know geographically from London but also the further away they get from from the core mission that you have uh, but you've obviously been expanding in London in a way that's enables you to be assured that other elements of the ministry have kept the DNA that you'd started with. That is so important to us that, uh, so that what I would describe as the kick culture uh, is just so vital to us. And so we've done a lot of work on what makes kick kick. And we talk about two beliefs that we have. One is our Christian ethos to follow Jesus' example and the way in which he loved all young people and was relevant in the way he communicated with them. So that's an inherent ethos belief for us. Secondly, that we are the kick family, and that means we come from all shapes and sizes, all different backgrounds, uh, all kinds of uh, different um, ethnicities, etc., skill sets. Uh, but we are all committed to one purpose, which is our mission to transform young people's lives with God's love through sport and support. And so when we were looking at bo bottling up our culture, we looked at four key areas, mission, consistency, involvement and adaptability. We want an organisation that is missionally minded, that has clear strategic direction, clear goals, objectives and clear vision. So we've worked really, really hard on making sure every member of staff is really clear on our mission and where we're going. That second one, consistency. We want to have really clear core values, clear what I would call cultural artifacts, you know, clear uniform, clear brand, clear website, um, clear, we, we create values, balls and decks of cards to help um, communicate different Christian values to, to learners and coordination and integration of um, our, our sort of policies and processes, kind of clear order, if you like, so that that consistent message for us as we grow to new locations is that we're really clear on how our values work together to be ace to aspirational on behalf of the learner, compassionate towards them, excellent our service delivery, intentional relationships, integral in our interactions. So those core values and the processes of how we work have got to be consistent. So it's mission, consistency. Third one, as I said, is involvement. We want to empower our staff to drive forward results. We want to have 
team orientation that uh, we are one kick family and we want to develop um, capability. Uh, we want people to feel empowered to be trained and ready to fly and progress through our organization to be a part of this and, um, and, and, and author it as we grow. So that's the mission, consistency, involvement. And then that third one around uh, adaptability. We want to uh, be an organization that's agile, that's creating change and, and understands it's going to always be growing. It's an organism, not just an organization. Uh, we want to be focused on the child and young person, as well as the intermediaries that we work through, uh, the schools or the churches or the parents, uh, so that, that we can um, make real transformational change. And then finally, we just want to be an organization that's enjoyable to work for and that learns. You know, we really want to, to kind of learn from uh, the things we get right and the things we get wrong. And um, again, you know, that's something that I've tried to appreciate. I always learn the most from my mistakes uh, or failures. And, and again, that is just so important that we're an organization that continues to, to, to be taught and continues to learn from its mistakes. And so again, that's something that uh, the mission, consistency, involvement, and adaptability is just so vital to us uh, from a leadership perspective. Well, thank you, Joe. As we, as we close, um, all that you've said in a sense has created a narrative for people to think through their own lives and their own leadership. And so you've been an inspiration to, to leaders listening. But are there one or two things you might say to folk if, they, if they're aware that maybe they're a bit stuck and they need to expand things, either in a local church or a business or a charity uh, that they might be engaged in? I would just say, I mean, really, from a, a Christian perspective, I, the first thing I'd say is pray. You know, that's something I maybe haven't touched enough on today that I should have done. When we wrote our first five-year strategy, I mean, we had a deficit of 60K and only seven staff. We just really prayed. We got on our hands and knees like those trustees did before they recruited me. And we asked the Lord to lead us and drive us towards building one kingdom, which is his. And I, I, I had the privilege of going to Westminster two years ago. And in between the House of Lords and the House of Commons, there is a psalm. And it's, it's, it's a psalm that says, unless the Lord builds the house, the laborers labor in vain. And we need to pray that our government listens to that verse in particular when they walk across it every time. But crucially, we need to listen to that verse. Only do what God is asking you to do. But when he's asking you to do something, do it with all your heart. And so whatever that is, God might be asking you to grow or he might be asking you to get smaller, like with Gideon. He might be asking you to stay at the same size. But crucially, he wants your heart. He wants you to trust him. And, um, you know, that, that proverb 3, 5 to 6, trust in the Lord with all your heart, lean not on your own understanding, in all your ways acknowledge him, and he will make your path straight. As leaders, that is the crucial thing. Trust the Lord and don't lean on intellect, ideas, understanding. Lean on, uh, lean on him, acknowledge him in all your ways, and he will break your path straight. It's a, it's a partnership that he wants us to, to walk with him in. And uh, again, um, be wise in all these things. Don't be, don't be foolish, but pray, pray, and keep praying and trusting the Lord through these new steps of faith. There's many, plenty of pitfalls for kick in going national at this time of crisis, but we felt led to do it, called to do it. 
and therefore we've got confidence to do it. Um, I would not be doing this if I didn't feel that it was a step of faith that God was with us on. So um, again, I'd I'd encourage you to pray and then and then take steps of faith. Sure. Well, Joe, as we as we close, um, no doubt your marketing department are doing a great job of of, of getting the word out. But um, uh, but are there things that you know you could say now in terms of how someone listening who may be part of a they might be part of a church or a school or they may even you know have picked up the vision and think yeah i'd love to join in with that so what how would people get in touch oh thank you andy that this is so important i i had a great conversation with gavin calver the head of the ea uh, i had breakfast with him just before covid kicked in uh we had breakfast at january 2020 and he said kick you're like one of the best kept secrets in the uk and I thought, wow, that's so kind of him to say that. And then I reflected and I thought, what a tragedy. We don't want to be a best kept secret. We want people to know about us. And then if they don't want to work with this, that's fine. But if they do, they have the opportunity to. And so what I'd just say to uh, church leaders is I'd say three things. Can you introduce us to your local schools? Then I can meet with a head with that warm introduction to, um, to explore working together. Secondly, can we train you? or not, you know, some of your volunteers at your churches to, to, to run sports ministry through a kick academy where you do some coaching, inspirational thought from the Bible, and then matches or routines. And then thirdly, are there people in your churches that are looking for work? We're creating jobs. And uh, for people that are absolutely sold out and believe in our, in our mission uh, to transform young people's lives, we've got stuff through sport and support. And so, Again, we, we'd love to encourage people to come to our, web, our website, find out more about our school's work, our kick academies, and crucially, our career opportunities. Um, but we're going to be recruiting for a new national uh, development director. Uh, so if, again, that is somebody that's strategic-minded, please apply to our organization. We're going to be recruiting for a new branch manager for the Midlands and for these new areas in the northwest and east of England. And we're going to be recruiting... Uh, for new senior coaches and coaches to execute our services in schools. Uh, and so, again, if that's something that grips you, uh, please do uh, get in touch. We'd love to hear from you. Wonderful, Joe. Well, thank you for, for sharing your vision and exciting to, to hear of it. And may God uh, further your purposes, further his purposes through you, what you're doing. Thank you so much. Amen. Thank you so much for having me. And it's one kingdom we're building, his, not ours. So we want to work in partnership with with his church. Thanks. So that was my interview with uh, Joe Lowther. And as Joe said, it may be that God is looking for you to carry on as you are. And there's nothing wrong with that if he's calling you to do that. But I hope this conversation at least opens you up to the possibility that there may be something bigger and greater for you to consider. Allow God to expand your outlook if he wants to. As always, we have uh, material in our archive, which can give you many different leadership perspectives. So I hope you'll go to the uh, Premier website and go to the Leadership Show and look at other shows that you may have missed. In the meantime, this is Andy Peck thanking you for your company and hoping you'll join me next week too. Bye for now. The Leadership Show with Andy Peck. To get in touch, email andy.peck at premier.org.uk.